All right. How's everybody doing this morning? We'll be fighting the praise and worship for a little bit here, probably. That's okay. So we're we're continuing with kind of a focus on Bible study because our, our series on Israel, the God's time piece, and our study comparing today's headlines with prophecy showed us pretty clearly we're living in the end times. Now, our response to that is not to build a bunker. It's not to panic. It's not to get you know, uber political about things. Um, it is to focus on being a partaker of the gospel, on <clears throat> on us sharing our, our faith with others. The time we have left, we're supposed to think of it as salvation, is what Second Peter chapter 3 showed us. And last week, we looked at the Great Commission. Now, we, we didn't, this is super busy. It's like, ah, whoa, okay. We, we ended up with this view of the Great Commission in which we saw the Great Commission was a big ask, okay? It wasn't like, oh, by the way, you should go to church every week. It, it was, you need to go. And it's kind of like what Sam preached this morning. It's going to cost you your life, but that's what you're here for. And it's going to be worth it. But what we saw was, go ye therefore, and we did our grammar. So T's are singular, the and thou, and the Y's, ye are plural in your King James Bible. So you get that sort of specificity. So what we saw was this is not just like you go and you go and you go. No, it's like something that, that the disciples of the Lord have to do together. Okay. Now then that this going that we're going to do together this teach that that that's a that's a way to talk about evangelism. That's like the first thing when you first you're you're first getting involved. But the word in English is teaching. So our, we need to evangelize people in a way that is also teaching. All right. So we had some people go to a concert, and the Westboro Baptist people were there with their signs. What 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 signs did they have? Okay. So that's like the people that have the signs that say God hates fags. So they go to where there's going to be a big group of secular people. It's like, okay. I, I understand they're trying to instigate. They're trying to get people. Okay, that is not teaching people the gospel, is it? That's not the good news. It's okay. So. We have to go together somehow and do evangelism that's also teaching. Baptizing, that, that is a public testimony. It's an act of obedience, but it's how people traditionally join the church. So that's bringing people in. And then there's more teaching. That's discipleship. Okay, so not only is this a big ask that started with the, the disciples, but it goes on generationally. He's with us until the end or the people who will go and do this. It's not only a big ask. It is literally impossible to do by yourself. So I thank God for people that go out and hand out tracts and do street evangelism. That's amazing. But that is not actually the, the thing that we've been commissioned to do. There's a lot more to it than that. 
So what we saw is that our Bible studies, what, okay, so the question isn't, what's the mission? We have that. That's been given to us. The question is, how in the world are we going to do all that? And the conclusion is we're going to do that with our, with evangelistic Bible studies. Okay. So, so we get together like this. We talked a little bit about our Bible studies at Living Well. So there's two types of Bible studies. Anyone remember what they are? The good ones and the bad ones. No, that is incorrect. At least it's not what I'm thinking. Okay. Discovery Bible Method. Okay, so what I'm thinking, it is a what am I thinking question. But what we talked about was there's official Living Well Bible studies that are a part of this structure. So it's these are led by people that have been through D2 or LFBI has a little bit different jargon than Midtown on this, which is just because there's 70 churches that have students in LFBI. They don't all have our jargon, right? So if you're in, if you're looking at LFBI, the the jargon is Foundations One. That's what we would call D One, okay, Discipleship. Then there's Foundations Two and Three, which we would call Discipleship Two. If you want to lead one of our official Living Well Group Bible studies, you need to be through Foundations Two and Three or D Two. And the reason why is because in that coursework you learn how to Break down the Bible, how to rightly divide the word of truth, as Second Timothy talks about it. Okay, without that, it's super hard to ask questions when people come to your Bible study and they ask you, why does Matthew have a different salvation message than Romans has, than Hebrews has? Can you explain that to me? Well, look, I believe I can lose my salvation because of what the book of Mark says. It teaches you can do that. How do you answer those questions? And how to answer those questions, you have to have an understanding of how to study this Bible and break it down so that those things make sense. Does that make sense? Now, that's one type of Bible study. The other type of Bible study is you inviting your coworker to just study the Bible on break. It's you inviting your neighbor over to your house and just saying, hey, let's just open up the Bible now. In terms of getting equipped to do that, it's super simple. You go and, and you, you listen to the recorded, archived sermon, the, the teaching from our mission-focused uh, breakout session on evangelistic Bible studies. So you, you can get there. You can go to mbtkc.org and go to media, archived sermons, and you can find, you might have to look for a minute, Okay, but you can find the teaching on how to do evangelistic Bible studies. And then once you have that, it's, it's talking about what Dennis mentioned, discovery Bible method. Like, how do you do that anyway? Once you listen to that, you can start a Bible study knowing how, like there's like a little method to it. You just follow that and just trust God that, that, that if you open the Bible, and you can explain to people simply what it says. This book is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it divides people. It, it, it does a work in people's lives. So that's just like 
a coffee shop Bible study. It's it's at the coffee shop in your neighborhood. It's it's at the workplace where you work. It's at your house in your neighborhood. You know where else you can do one of these Bible studies? You can do one of these Bible studies in that part of the city that you have a burden for. So Nick has a burden for kind of the Northeast on Independence Avenue up there. He's like, he's looking at a coffee shop up there where he can start to go and it can be a fishing hole and to start a Bible study up there and just, just go, just go see, right? Praise the Lord. So, so that's the, there's the two types of Bible studies. And I know Fareed, you have a Bible study with this friend of your son's. I know AJ has a Bible study that's on Zoom with, with his family in Arizona. Who else has a Bible study like that? Where you're Marla? Heather? Huh? Heather has, yeah. So those we all ought to be looking for those sorts of, of, of things to invest in. So anyway, we talked about Bible studies and then also finally by way of reviews, we looked at like practically, practically being a bad member of a living well Bible study is immeasurably better than being a non-member. What? That sounds not right. Okay. Here's what I mean by that. My kids grew up wrestling and, and when they were little, like the kids pro kids club and the, the head coach every year, he would ask me, can you help coach? And I would tell him, I, I will help, but I'm not going to be a good coach. I'm never going to the Sunday tournaments ever, not one of them. I'm not going to Tuesday night practice ever. And I'm only going to be involved at the capacity that I have to offer. So I'm not all in. But I will come when I can. I'll coach at, at the tournaments that my kids are in. Like, I'm just a fair weather father coach. Like, that's it. Take it or leave it. And he's like, I'll take it. Like, so I wasn't a good, I mean, I was an okay coach, but I wasn't a good, like, give it all for the team kind of a coach. Does that make sense? It's not because my heart wasn't in it. I just didn't have capacity. Oh, if I can't make every single thing every time, well, I still need to be part of a living well Bible study. Like, like, because I need somewhere to bring the people that God allows me to, to minister to. I need to be able to bring them somewhere. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then capacity is a real deal. Okay, we are a busy church. Amen? You can't do everything every time, can you? So you have to pick and choose what are your ministries? What are the activities you are going to be a part of? And if being part of a community evangelical Bible study means you might have to step out of something else. Well, then be at peace. You can't do everything, right? So it may take some reprioritizing, if that makes sense. Now, I'm not saying don't show up. I'm not saying, like, focus on comfort, ease, and pleasure. It's like I agree with everything Sam preached this morning, just but, but literally, sometimes, you know, you can't have something seven nights a week you just can't it's not sustainable so so anyway i hope that makes sense all right so i went to uh i went to phoenix arizona we went to look and just spy out the land i went with uh pastor jeff grasher and kylie and we went there and we looked 
just because there was a burden to go check out check out check out phoenix and so we did different things we we talked to your old neighbor in phoenix just went and knocked on the door it was like the shotgun we don't want anything I'm like we're friends with the in that gray shirt like oh come on in like yeah um we had conversations with people but one thing we did we went and talked to a church planter there and he's from a little different stripe of baptist we would think he's legalistic he would think we're like you know not not holy enough because we wear shorts and have drums on the stage stuff like that but but he's there he's like he he was there planting a church and and we talked about what he was doing and he was going around his neighborhood and inviting people to come to his services and he had collected a group of people they were i mean i'm sure saved loved the lord they all dressed up and and didn't have drums and and you know but i mentioned he said well if you came here where would you go what would you do and jeff said well we would go over by the university down there in tempe we we would go over there and we'd start bible studies with those college students that's what we would do the guy goes oh no he goes they're so liberal they're so wicked you wouldn't believe what goes on on that campus and the kind of stuff they're teaching Jeff said, you know, well, no, I, I, we know what happens there. That's why we're going there. So we're going to go find all these lost people. We're going to start studying the Bible with them. We're going to win them to Christ. And we're going to plant a Bible-believing, disciple-making, leadership training, sending church out of all those lost kids. And this guy is like the light bulb just went off. Like he had never considered doing anything other than, listen, the people that will come join us, those are our people and everyone else who won't come to my building on Sunday morning, they're on the outs. Okay, so so Dennis said something last Sunday, and I, I'm not quoting you perfectly, but I wrote it down. Dennis said something like this. I have neighbors that I think would come to my house for a Bible study who would never spend five hours of their Sunday coming with me to MBT. And if I could get them to come once, they would never come back. Like we have long services, right? And I think when, when Jesus said, go ye therefore, like those are the people, that's why we need to go. Cause they're come and see, come and see. That's a valid form of evangelism, right? So we've got MBT. You know, and living well is a is a subset of that. So is whole heart and life and, and the other, you know, class of Hispania, the other fellowships. And we do invite people and people do come. And I think that's valid. Don't don't stop doing that. However, let's just let's just pick on Dennis's neighbors. So here's here over here. And here's Dennis's house. Dennis's neighbors they'll come to Dennis's house, and then they go back home, but they're not coming here. Okay. So if Dennis can and will start a Bible in his home, come yet, because they're lost.
or they're carnal and they don't know. They're just living in the world. Okay, eventually, when people get a grasp on the Bible for what it is and they start to see and they are, their eyes start to get opened, they want more. Okay, eventually, some of them, at least, will come, right? So if we have a Bible study here, Okay, and a Bible study up here and a Bible study here. What we've done is we have extended the reach of our church into our communities. That's us going together, doing an evangelism in a way that is teaching. But here's Dennis's neighbors who will never come here. Now we're able to reach them. Okay, Scott, your neighbor, right? Marley, you invited your neighbor. And after years of dog sitting or whatever. Like she finally came to buy. So people will, uh, will come to your home or to your whatever coffee shop who will never come here. And what happens is now we're able to extend the church into our communities. The purpose isn't to extend our church and to build some kind of empire. The thing is Dennis's neighbors are not going to hear the gospel preached after being contextualized in scripture anywhere else if they're not willing to, to come and be a part of this. And so so I thought really what we need to decide is, is, is let's go those people who come here yet. Make sense? You guys with me? Okay, there's a biblical pattern and there's benefits from doing it God's way. And that's what I want to look at this morning. So the biblical pattern... Um, we can see some examples here. So first of all, Jesus is our first example of this. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7, he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them um, two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, that's a bag, no bread, no money in their purse, but but be shod with sandals and put not on two coats. So you get a coat and you get your shoes. The parallel passage in Mark, they could take their staff with them. Okay. And he said unto them, and whatsoever place you enter into a house, there abide until you depart from that house. So wherever you go, find a house where someone will let you stay. And that's where that person will take care of you until you leave. But, you know, they, did you ever think about that? That, <laughs> okay, it's a big ask to go. But he very specifically told them, don't take any money. And don't take a bag and don't take two coats. Don't take any food. Why did Jesus tell them? not to take any food. Why did Jesus tell them, don't take any money? Yeah, trust in what? You kind of got to trust him for everything except shoes and a coat. Like, um, Okay, one thing that struck me as I was studying this out is that God is is basically like he's going to provide for them, right? We know that going into it. But he's forcing them to trust him and there's something that he does provide for them. Okay? 
And that's the person that he sent with him. He didn't send him out alone. And I just, I just imagine if Christ came and he's like, okay, I want you to go do this. And by the way, don't take any money. Don't take more than one jacket in your shoes, like the clothes you're wearing. And I just want you to go and I want you to do this work. There'll be a house for you somewhere. I would just be kind of daunted by that, honestly. Like not having any money and having to go to some new place would just make me nervous, right? But then if God said, oh, but, but you know what? I'm sending Mike with you. I'd be like, okay, good. I don't have to do it alone. So it's just, it's cool to me that, that God specifically gave them each other to lean on and to depend on. And I think that goes along with the ye thing. Okay, so so we saw that. Now, so Jesus, he sent the 12 in, in groups of two. Paul and Silas. So, so tur- look in your, uh, turn to 2 Timothy for me. Or with me, not for me. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, in Acts chapter 15, this in Acts chapter 15 is that passage where Paul and Barnabas had agreed to go back out and check on all the people that they had won to Christ on their first missionary journey. And then Paul and Barnabas, they're getting ready to go, and Barnabas is like, oh, by the way, I'm bringing John Mark with me. We got to bring him with us. Paul's like, no, he quit on us last time. In Acts chapter 13, he quit on us. He didn't go with us to do the work like he was supposed to. I don't want him to come. Barnabas is like, well, he's, he needs to come. And they, they had a fight over it, right? And it was so bad, they decided to go their separate ways. Okay. So Barnabas and John Mark, his nephew, they went one way and Paul went the other way. Did Paul go alone? Who'd he get? Silas, right. Okay, so here's the pattern, like you don't go alone. So the contention was so great, there was a division between us, but it wasn't Paul went that way and Barnabas went that way. They still went two by two. Okay, so in 2 Timothy chapter 9, look at verses 4, 3, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'll slow down, I'm getting excited. Verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, Paul writes to Timothy. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, this is, by the way, the same John Mark that Paul didn't want to come on that journey in Acts 15. Paul's now asking for him to come. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Yeah, Mark, that, that's a wonderful story on how John Mark uh, takes leadership the second half of this semester in, in LFBI, if you can do that. We, we talk about that. Okay, but I want you to see what, what Paul is saying here. He's saying, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Why? Well, because I'm all alone except Luke. I got Dr. Luke with me, but but nobody else. Everyone else has forsaken me, and I need 
what you guys bring and we can function together as a team. See, the, the thing that, that Paul knew was there's no Lone Ranger Christians. And there's only two of them at that point. You're like, well, I thought they went two by two. And, and they did. But here's the thing. What, what if something happened to Luke? Paul would be alone. And, and so, so they, the, the working together is that important. And it seems to me, just based on, again, I haven't, I'm not saying that this is doctrine or something, but it seems to me, and it makes sense, that the initial going is better in small groups. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to set a policy that says you have to go in groups of two. But I would say, like, if you're going to go spy out the land and just try something and just go see and you're going to be traveling, you need to stay kind of light. You need to stay, like, just take another person with you or maybe a few people. But don't take 20 people with you on a discovery trip to, like, that's, you can't manage it all. You have to have three vehicles and it's just too much, right? But once a work is established, then you want more people. And we'll talk about maybe why here in a little bit. But anyway, there's that pattern with Paul and Timothy and Silas as well as Jesus. Okay, local churches. Local churches follow the same pattern. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on him, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So when the church at Antioch sent off their first two missionaries, they sent them off, not individually, but in groups of two. And then lastly, there's your blank on your handout. There are no New Testament examples being sent out alone. They're always in groups. They're always working together. Now, now again, I'm not saying it's doctrine that a local church should never send one missionary out somewhere. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. However, in terms of a biblical pattern as we ye plural, that's us, as we are going to reach out to our neighbors who would never come here, but they will come to our houses, like we should, we should try to do that together, okay? That is, it's a plural thing, and there's a biblical pattern that supports that. Now, there's benefits to doing this together. So just briefly, we got connection and we got protection. So there's connection here between living well there's actually connection between living well and MBT. There's connection between this Bible study that Dennis is going to start, maybe, in his house and living well. Okay. If this Bible study ends up starting other Bible studies, we want to maintain that connection. Okay. And there'll be connection here. Okay, so, so there's connection that, that happens that we need to maintain so that we can support each other. But with the connection, there's accountability there. There's your biblical pattern. Two or more people or couples work together in gospel ministry. There's two 
well, there's three people, but two from here working together. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another to love and good works. We are to provoke each other in a good way. Okay. Some of you, that's not your gift set. You just make people mad. Like, that's not your gift, provoking the... But we have to do it anyway. We're supposed to provoke one another to love and to good works. And if you are out here by yourself and you're just started a Bible study and you're not connected with anybody and there's no one doing it with you and you get discouraged, it's just you. Like you, like it's good to have someone to, to work with who can help us and be accountable and provoke us in the right way. Mutual encouragement is along the same lines. There's the last headship series. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. They fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Have you ever been weary in ministry or some good work and, and you needed an encouragement and you got it? I have, I, like countless times. You guys, by the way, encourage me greatly. You know, there's that phone call that someone thinks they're just calling to say hi, but it's really of the Lord and, and you kind of needed that. Has that ever happened to you guys? Yeah, it was better than one. Righteous man falleth seven times and he gets back up, right? It's sometimes hard to get up if you're not connected. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one, uh, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So it's good to have a partner going into a spiritual battle that God has called us to. There's a. It's good to have people who who will love you and encourage you and have friendship. Yeah, I thank God we don't have to do this alone. There's also on-the-job training. So are you guys still in, in, in 2 Timothy? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. So this is Paul writing to Timothy about how things are supposed to be. He says to Timothy, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. Okay, jump ahead to 2 Timothy 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Okay, these other guys actually didn't make it. They didn't finish their course. They didn't, they didn't continue. They, they, they fell away. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And this is what Sam has been preaching through in 2 Timothy chapter 2, is Paul's instruction to Timothy, his son in the faith, in terms of his on-the-job training. So Timothy is actually ministering, and this is Paul giving him on-the-job training, and that is a benefit that comes from staying connected. Okay? So, so your Bible study, you're like, I don't know how to do that. Well, it's okay. Get the, get the training, get the teaching, 
If you have questions, just ask me or ask one of the other established Bible study leaders who've been doing it for a while. That's what we're here for. And so you get that sort of on-the-job training if you stay connected. And then there's the ability to maximize our spiritual gifts. For the body's not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body. Well, is it therefore not of the body? Okay, so, so people don't actually say that. What they say is, well, I'm not involved in ministry. Well, I, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to sing. I, I, I'm not gifted to evangelize. I don't have time to do these things. And, and it's like, well, are you not of the body? Because if you're saved, you're part of the body. If the ear says, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No, it's the, of course it's of the body. And, and, and this is God talking to you. Just because you're not doing this or that, are you not? No, you are of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where's the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where's the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. And so look, as we get together, if we're doing a... If we're doing an evangelistic Bible study in a community, you may be really great at hosting, but not good at teaching. Well, someone else may be really good at teaching, but not very good at hosting. Obviously, why don't those two team up, two and two, and work together with the person that God has given you to minister with. Let's do it together. And then what happens is we maximize our spiritual gifting. I've got spiritual gifts, but I also have some big blind spots. I got some things I don't do well. Every once in a while, Christine's like, <clears throat> like, um, hey, that was that was horrible. Like uh, you just completely missed that whole thing. Like, yeah, I was doing my thing, and so like. Yeah. Praise the Lord. If we work together, then, then we get to maximize that. And then the last part here is, is the protection. So we get connection. We get protection when we do it God's way, which is doing it together. Okay. Spiritual authority. You guys remember what we just read in Acts chapter 13, where the church at Antioch sent Paul and Barnabas? Who actually sent them? Yeah, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for this thing, this work that I've called them to. Then the church leaders, those guys that were listed in verse 1, after they had prayed and fasted, they, the leaders, laid on hands and sent them. So who sent them? Was it the local church or was it the Holy Ghost? It was both. Is really the Holy Ghost through the local church. But let me ask you this question. Did they go with the authority of God? Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. When we stay connected, we stay protected because we are under the spiritual authority of the church, which is what you want. The last thing you want to do is go pick a fight with the devil without the proper authority. Authority. That word commission is different than mission. Mission just means this is the thing we're going to do. Commission means you have been given the authority by the authority structure in place to go and do it. That's why we talk about you want to be sent, not went. 
Because when you get sent and when you're connected, you stay protected and you can pray prayers of spiritual authority as the church that is going together to fulfill the mission that, the, that, that Jesus said, like, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. We can claim that if we are part of the local church that God has authorized and given the commission to, right? It doesn't mean I can just go off by myself and do something on my own thinking, start a parachurch organization, start a non-governmental organization out on the mission field somewhere and just go do my own thing. And because I'm saved, I have that authority. Okay, God gave the authority to the church and he's like, go ye, therefore, make sense? Do not go pick a fight with the devil without the authority of God behind you to win that battle. So those are the things that we have if we go and do this. So what I am suggesting basically is this. We have our official Living Well Bible studies and you should try to be a part of one. And if right now you're in discipleship and you're not going to be able to come, well, that's fine. Be a bad member. Just say, hey, I'm not going to be able to come this week or next week because I'm in discipleship on Friday nights, whatever, Thursday nights, Monday nights. That's okay, right? That's your capacity. But you want to be part of one so we can pray together so you can have a testimony like Fareed. Like my Bible study prayed in Jesus' name and God heard and answered that prayer. And my kids are, does that make sense? You want to be part of that. The other thing I'm suggesting is like, just start, ask your coworker, ask your neighbor, ask your family. They want to get together and, and read the Bible. And just, you can start kind of that coffee shop Bible study on your own. Okay. If you're going to, to like, if you're going to go somewhere, like Nick's talking about, like, I want to go to this coffee shop and I want to start like a Bible study. Take someone with you. Don't do that alone. Take someone with you. I almost canceled my India missions trip last year. because I had guys going with me. I didn't have anybody who could teach if I got sick. And it just didn't make sense to spend that much time, that much prep work, that much money to go there. But then if I got sick, we have to cancel the conference like that wasn't going to work. And then Larry Smith was able to go. So he, he was going to be able to teach if I couldn't, like we, we all shared the load, but man, two by two is, is good. So, so, you know, if, if it's a, if it's more than just you and your coworker, more than just you and like, you like, you ought to get someone with you to do that. And, and who do we have? We, this is our, this is our group to choose from. So, <clears throat> Doing ministry together like that and staying connected, that's that's a great vision. One thing we have to learn how to do maybe is is to connect here. Like, and I think so we're gonna break up in our small groups. We got about 20 minutes and, and, and go ahead and break up into small groups and, and the, the things that we can pray for one another. We're gonna pray for these things. But I would also say let's pray for one another as we trust God to go further and grow in our Bible studies together. So it, it, it dovetails nicely with Sam's message. So I'm going to be praying for you that, that like um, that whole, the whole idea of taking up my cross and suffering with Christ now, it's a lot less daunting if we're doing it together. 
It really is. Like I would rather, I think, suffer with you guys than not suffer and just be by myself. Not part of the mission without that purpose, without that connection. You guys know what I'm saying? Anybody know that just life out there dying on the vine by yourself isn't any fun? Yeah. Anyone here try a Bible study on your own and, and it failed? What What if it's because God wants you to connect with someone else and do it together? He didn't let Paul go by himself. He didn't let Barnabas go by himself. When, when Paul got down to a small group, he called for help. Guys, come. Bring my cloak. Bring the books. But I really need you guys to come because I'm struggling here. Make sense? So I think God wants us to, to do this together. We have what it takes. You have what it takes because you have each other. You don't need money. You don't need an extra coat. You don't need food. You don't need lodging. You need your brother or sister in Christ. And you have the word of God. You guys, we have what it takes to do this. Amen. Yeah, let's go. Let's go win Dennis's neighbors to the Lord. They won't come here, but they'll go to his house. You guys, let's do this. Let's, let's, I'm going to pray. We'll break up in our small groups. God, we love you. And God, we, we, we want to go. And we want to reach the people who will not come here. We're going to keep inviting people. Come and see. Come and see the Lord at work. Come and see that his word really is true. Come and see that, that, there, that there are people who are still holding to it. Come and see that God answers prayer. Come and hear the praise and join with us in it. And God, we ask you to bring, bring people in. But Lord, for the people that won't come in, for my neighbors, for Dennis's neighbors, every one of us would say, yeah, I know that person. God, we want to reach them. So Lord, we want to follow the biblical pattern of doing this together. So God, would you give us all someone to, to do it with? Would you, would you give us a friend, a, a fellow, someone who, could, who, who, who can join with us to reach the people that we can't reach by ourselves? So Lord, we love you. We thank you so much. God, you're so good. And, and we just see it. You open our eyes to stuff and we just see it and we want to say yes to it. So help us to connect and pray for one another like we should in our small group time. We ask in Jesus name. Amen.